0: Entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? If you're like most of us business owners, increasing your profitability is always on your mind, and you're probably looking for ways to grow your revenue while growing your company. Well, you found a podcast that shares ideas to help you do just that. I'm Marcia Reiner. I'm a business growth strategist. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability, guides your growth, and plans for a future exit. Because building a highly profitable and sale-ready business creates a win-win scenario. That's more money now and a windfall when it's time to let go. And I want to share strategies that I've learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I have this super powerful training I want to share with you. It's called the 30-Day Profit Booster. This is where I'll show you how you can get a 45% boost in net profits in just 30 days simply by following a three-step method that doesn't require that you're chasing more customers. This quick and easy profit-boosting strategy can be done without spending more money on marketing, hiring additional staff, or working longer hours. Go check it out for free at 30dayprofitbooster.com for more information. All right. I am super excited to have my guest on with me today, my international new friend, my my digital nomad new friend that we've been sharing so many ideas with. Jules Dan is the list master and profit extractor from Down Under. He rode on a koala just to get here on time. Uh, he's probably the most sarcastic daily email writer out there. And even with concerning uh, concerning talks between his high school teachers and his parents, he repeats he um we repeat an example two or three times with uh with other students. I'm sorry, my brain's not working today. So I'm having, i like clustering through this, That's but Julian um, has a show and he tries to figure out how to really master the email and bring it all in. So clients can take it and run with it. So somehow Julian has managed to suck out 15 million in sales for his clients using his email skills. And now he's at war with AI to help entrepreneurs sound personable, unique, and profitable with every prompt. So Jules, I'm so excited to have you on Profit with a Plan podcast today. Welcome.
1: I'm so excited too, because uh, chat activity can be a lot of fun and can be incredibly frustrating. And I'm here to make things easy for your listeners today.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Well, you know what? If you're talking about AI, you are right on the top of anybody's mind right now, because I mean, I was on I was on a call, a group call with a whole bunch of CPAs. Talk about, you know, a little on the on the dry side. And the Mm -hmm. educational moment was talking about chat GPT (laughs) and finding different things. And I'm like, so it is literally everywhere. So talk about perfect timing to have you on the show today. So let me ask you real quick. How in the world did you get into email writing and then transferring it into the new exciting chat GPT style
1: yeah all right i'll give you guys the the cliff note story so you don't fall asleep basically <laughs> i was a personal trainer before covid and then COVID hit. i was told don't come into work because you made redundant basically and i'll start at the very bottom of the barrel marcia i was writing emails on upwork for about five dollars and at the same time, I was listening to this one podcast. He's one of Australia's top copywriters. His name is Pete Godfrey. And I applied the little lessons from the podcast to my Upwork uh, projects. And I actually got like some results. And then eventually, with the government handout money, I-, I had enough money to hire Pete as my coach for one month. And then I got that result with Pete and then took that testimony to get a better client and a better client and he was absolutely ruthless uh as a master apprentice relationship i was with him for two years and like he would never sugarcoat things so i learned very quickly and but the problem was though Pete was really good with the copywriting side but i was really struggling with the uh project to project freelance lifestyle Mm -hmm. and i knew things had to change and i knew the only way that I could fix things up was to change my office so I could be indispensable. And the way, what I actually saw was that the clients who were just knocking out of the park every single time, they were the ones with a really good relationship with the list, like that was a, that's what made the list really responsive. So I doubled down and uh, repositioned myself as a list master, list profit extractor, instead of just a copywriter. Mm -hmm. And so that way I would help people on the back end, fix up all the stuff they would not normally do. So then I could combine automation, copywriting, strategy, sales, uh, and pretty much take care of something people don't want to take care of, which is a list. So they got leads today and then sales tomorrow. Uh, But then what happened was that a few months into a couple of these relationships, like things started to turn around, had some more regular income coming in month after month. And then ChatJVT came out. And I started to panic because I thought I'm going to get replaced, or it's I'm in the I'm going to get in the process of getting replaced. I got to learn how to use this to speed things up. And then I bought probably probably about six products on ChatGBT and then I went down to the beach just to isolate myself for about a week or so, and just took what was good, what was bad from each different product. And then I'd, I came up with a way to help coaches, consultants, course graders. Pretty simple way to go from lead to a booked call using ChatGVT, uh, using some prompts and um, test it with clients. That's the bonus part. I got to test it with clients and it was working quite well. And now I'm like, okay, let's go talk and share about this on some podcasts. And that's how we are here today.
0: I love it. I love it. It's so it's so amazing because it is really that simple, right? You don't have to make this really, really hard. But I think the thing that you hit me with that really resonates is that business owners have this really super valuable list of people that they know that they've been in contact with, maybe they, you know, it started a call, didn't work, something happened. They just know people and they have these valuable email lists and they're like me. They didn't nurture them when they first got them. So now they're like this crazy, vast, empty hole of things that, you know, we want, but aren't really using and going. So you've mastered that and found a way to make Mm -hmm. that work for people that feel icky doing it.
1: Right. Yes. So you haven't contacted your list for a while? Well, there's a way to get past that. (laughs) It's called reactivation. It's a reactivation campaign. You can still make money with reactivation campaigns. Um, But uh, is that that something... Did you have to reactivate your list, or what was the story with that last oh year? Oh my
0: god, I think I'm still constantly re reactivating uh, my list. You know, for a while I tried a couple of things, and it didn't really work. You know, I've got a newsletter out now that feels kind of awkward. So, you know, I always bring guests on on my show that will give me ideas on how to mm-hmm. improve my business and my clients' business as well. But I find that email lists, um, nurturing and building that relationship, and then you know, making your offers every once in a while, it's just so time consuming and awkward. Right. Because I just don't I don't like I can talk, but I don't know that I have the flair to engage them every every week right? or, month it's a, or day.
1: It's a, it's a suck. And then what also happens is uh, I also feel this is that you're about to send an email. You're like, is this any good like is this going to work whereas if you bring chirp, someone chirp, else chirp, whereas chirp. It, it also helps if someone you know you knows, knows what they're doing they've done this before and they're like no this is what's going to work or i view of the mentality is that this is a test i have no idea what's going to work i have an idea what's worked in the past but i don't know what's going to work today And you just view things as a test. And often it pays off because you remove that fear from, oh, is this going to work? Like, have you ever felt, Marcia, right before clicking send, should I send this?
0: Does it sound good? Does it say the right stuff? Did I put the right spaces in there? Should I put more pictures? Should I turn it in a, you know, oh my gosh, I have this Mm -hmm. full on soap opera that goes on inside of my (laughs) head before I hit send. And then I second guess myself, is anybody going to open it?
1: but it's terrible. (laughs) I'm sure you had those feelings, but you press send, but then something good happened. Right.
0: Um, yes, I have had some good results from it. I would love more good results from it because I think that, you know, when we, when we look at that ladder of, um, you know, the, the, the readiness of the client, right. The prospective client, we Mm -hmm. all know that you know, there's some that aren't even, you know, aware that they have a problem, then they they're aware they have a problem, then they're looking for a solution, and then they're actually looking to buy that top section is less than 5%. And so Mm -hmm. if I'm not hitting that person that's ready to click send, they have their credit card in their hand right now, Yeah, I need to do something better to nurture them along their buyer's journey. And I think the only way, the real solid way of doing that is through email.
1: Yeah. I've got a really good story to demonstrate this point for your audience too. So I've worked with a variety of people from people who only rely on cold traffic and ads and a VSL funnel. And then basically they were not nurturing that back end, and they're only picking up the phone to call those people. So like you said, there's only 3% and so what was happening with john was that he wasn't nurturing them um this is i just love using your story to just get people to get their perspective right on paid traffic so at the start when you're running paid traffic you uh, have access to say like your perfect avatar and you know on piece of paper it might be like $250 per booked call i close 1 in 4 that's $1000 my offer is $10,000 holy crap I'm making so much money. Let's keep him. Pull, let's pour pull money, more money into ads. Why do I need to put my money into nurturing? And what was happening is that as I got started with John, um, the pool of really good prospects on YouTube who fit the perfect criteria started to dwindle. Competition too. A competition, right? And it was more skeptical people getting on the phone. So four, one in four turned into one in five, those sort of people on the phone were, Turning into clients and having trouble because they didn't realize how much work would be involved, so that's the pain about. But what was happening is that thirty days, forty days, fifty days after they came through the VSL, those of the people who were closing much easier, and the more important part, they were sticking with the program. They weren't; mm. they were actually getting results because they trusted John. They saw the proof that they, they didn't question their mind, like "Is this going to work?" So. And this is why I love comparing between cold traffic and, and emails because, like, yes, cold traffic and like ads work. Um, but it's like but they only work point, for that
0: top percentage.
1: Up and up and what do you point. do?
0: What do you do with all that with the other 95% of those people? They're still going to buy sometime. At least half of them will buy sometime in the near future. Mm-hmm. You're just exactly. going to throw them away and hope that next time you run a more expensive ad, you're going to try and pick up those other 5% doesn't make sense
1: it doesn't make sense exactly no i love it both are both are good uh but it's like a heart and brain it's like which one's more important well you gotta have both to live
0: yes the chicken and the egg you need both (laughs) you need the chicken to produce the egg you need the egg to produce more chickens (laughs) exactly (laughs) Um okay so when we're talking about emails right um you know there's a lot of really good things in there do we do we make them super short do we make them super long and tell this long drawn out you know soap opera story or or mm-hmm. or uh someone told me we call it a um a Seinfeld sequence right mm-hmm. you know where you take them through and tell them these stories and keep them coming back for more um how do we do it how, what's what's the best way
1: okay uh, I'll, I'll, I'll ask a follow-up question. Um, <laughs> what's the offer? Is it something, ah. is it something expensive or is it something just, you know, we're talking about content or is it like a low ticket offer?
0: You know, that's a great question. Let's step back then, because that's a really fantastic question. Um, do you agree with me that if I have a high ticket offer. Say my offer is, you know, $10,000, $20,000, $30,000. Very expensive to buy in. Mm -hmm. If this person doesn't know me, are they going to buy that expensive offer? Or would they be more apt to buy a lower price offer and start trying me out per se?
1: Yeah, that's definitely, both definitely work. And what I've found is that just Telling a story, having a link to book a call. Telling a story, having a link to book a call. It only works as well as the relationship you have before they come onto your list, right? So if they really like you, then that's going to work. I'm kind of going to go a bit roundabout to answer your question. Sure, but... No,
0: this is fantastic because so, it's it's necessary,
1: right? So I was working with this YouTuber, and mm-hmm. the thing I absolutely loved working with this is to get a totally different perspective from everyone else who. Either has a Facebook group with relationships like okay, or pay traffic where there's no relationship. And this YouTube had built such good affinity with his audience that when I came in, his marketing was like a three out of ten, but he was still making sales, a lot of sales. And I was like, there is so much opportunity to fix this up, but he didn't want to come off as pushy, salesy in the process. And we were selling a semi-expensive course; it was two grand. So uh, what in this case, we were talking about, we'd give the give the lead magnet, try and get able to consume the lead magnet in a few emails, and then just talk about the problem with the story and then open a loop saying, look, if you want to learn more about these next steps, I'm not going to pitch you straight away, but we're just going to talk about X, Y, Z. And this is called a hand-raiser email. And I learned this from Andre Chaperone from, uh, I can't remember what what it was called, but it's basically where instead of you pitching people, you would get them to go inside a new sequence after they've raised their hand to learn more, right? It's not like a yes. It's just like, I'm interested to learn more. Mm. And what we found was that because a small percent of people were ready to go through that and they knew what we we're in for, the conversions on that were really, really good. And the other like benefit from that as well was that when you have a small percentage of people going through uh, a sequence, and you're having like sixty to eighty percent opens or ten to twenty percent click-throughs, what that's doing is telling your your order uh, your email service provider, hey, this is, these are positive signals, which improves your deliverability, which means your emails get more seen. So, uh, this is a roundabout saying of one: we should test different things because there's no one way. But what's the relationship like before they come in to, 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 you know, potentially buy your stuff? And I've always found, yeah, what were you going to say? Sorry.
0: I was going to say that's a really good point because if they have been trolling you, right, they watch your videos, they see your marketing, uh, they watched a video sales letter or a webinar that you had Um, they've done some things, they've they've searched the Internet, you know, they started to look for you and then they found you and then sat back and watched for a little while. Mm -hmm. Then they're more amped to buy you when it's ready. Right. So that would be a really warm market through through some sort of other marketing uh, uh, avenue. But the cold, the cold, they're just they're Something intrigued them enough to say, I'll give you an email address, you know,
1: in yeah. exchange
0: for that information
1: you're sharing. And that's what I'm saying. Like people said seven to 12 touch points. I don't know who said that because that's definitely not true.
0: A lot higher. It, now. Was,
1: it was like 50 to 60 touch points with cold people on a VSL from YouTube ads. I tracked this. It's like 50 to 60, including the that's order on the sequence and the daily emails before they decided, hey, I can actually trust this person.
0: Oh whereas, my gosh.
1: Whereas the other way around, if they're seeing your content a lot on YouTube or Instagram or, or wherever, and then they're going through you just and they go through the sequence and they say, Oh, he's got something, I'll be interested to learn more. That trust is already there. So uh, think you have about to sort all of those people for email.
0: Think about all those people that give up too soon. We're, mm-hmm. we're complaining because they give up after three emails instead of hitting the seven to 10. And you just said now they got to hit 50 to 60 <laughs> to, to do it. So you mm-hmm. need to have you need to have a solid plan to really, truly make this work, which in consistency, I'm going to show up until you call the police. Right. You know, until you tell me, take me off your darn list. Right. You show up and you keep showing up and you provide value. Right.
1: That's right. Love that's it. Right.
0: So, yeah. so, um, providing that value, you know, you can't sell them on every single email, or can you?
1: There are two schools of thought. Um, there's the uh, Ben Settle, where he's like pitch every day because <laughs> that's that's the tribe you're sort of creating is people who are comfortable with pitches. And then there's the Andre Chaperone side of things where it's like you ask for permission first before mm. you get to the pitch. And I've experimented with both and both work. It, it's just more of a preference of what do you like? I mm. prefer, I like doing permission-based because uh when I was experimenting with these pick-your-and-adventure sequences, like, the feedback was just great. Um, People were saying they were really enjoying it. Um And to have that pitch every day email, it's like, you got to be, Ben, I, I feel like Ben can do this because people know Ben as someone who's entertaining. He's got that reputation, and authority. And people know what they're getting in for. But it's a tough question, Marcia. Like which uh, which school of thought? It's like
0: well, there's no, um, there's no wrong there's, way. There's another one too. You know, you can get sucked into. Um, let me provide value, value, value. Let me make an offer. Let me provide value, value, value. Make an offer. I mean, that's not necessarily permission based, but it's earning the right mm-hmm. to warm them up and provide enough value that they go, oh, I like what she's delivered so far. So let me see if there's more, if I like what her next thing is. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, I had a guest on a, a few weeks ago that talked about the first time offer, you know, and making it so. So not brainless, but so easy that it's like, okay, I can try that. You know, there was there was no huge commitment. There was no huge expense. It was a couple hundred bucks. This was B2B. Yeah. So, I mean, it was really easy to kind of, you know, warm them up a little bit and give them the opportunity to taste you and not have to Mm -hmm. go in and go, you know, here's an appetizer versus uh, let's go get married tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which is a
0: lot, which provides a lot of fear for people
1: you mean like r- running the offer provides Yeah, the making
0: the big offer, the commitment here. We're going, we're going to do 12 months. It's going to cost you XYZ and you know, I mean versus something smaller that they can like a no-brainer, right? They can just yeah. jump in and go, I'll try it. If, you know, if it's if it's not what I thought it was, there's no skin off my back. It was it was something I can just, you know, deal with.
1: Yeah. It's also, it's it's one thing that marketers I find is they do a poor job of is is using absolutes and i remember i was living at my place before i left i lived with a lawyer and she's like you use absolutes way too much (laughs) Uh it's either this way or this way this is the one way she's like life is not so black and white i'm like i totally agree i'm like you thank you for pointing that out so 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 i'm being annoying and a pain in the butt by saying you just have to test You should be testing, like, does a low ticket thing, if I'm, okay, if I'm not seeing, if I'm writing, like, a month of emails and no one's booking in a call, I'm using lots of proof, I'm using stories, I'm highlighting an an objection that all my customers are are, are saying and they're not booking for a call and no one's doing anything, maybe I should try something different, maybe I should do a low ticket uh, version instead, maybe I should do like a mini pre-launch promoting a... You know, affordable workshop, which we'd normally do for clients, but you, because it's a group setting, you know, this is a one one off opportunity. That could be a good opportunity to do a pre launch to test a product. That would only take a week and a half to test. Not that not that difficult. So hopefully, that's giving your listeners something to chew on when it comes to like, what do I, how do I sell this, and what do I say.
0: Well, I love it because everything you're doing is about the next logical step you want your client to take, right? And which is fantastic. So we're having this great offer conversation, but in reality... You know, your 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 skill set, which you've just really opened the door for in, in understanding the true goal of what you're writing the email for, but you've made it so simple by using ChatGPT to knock it out, right? So mm. we're here in the U.S. and we're having a writer strike right now. So the writers are all, you know, and the actors and everything, they're all talking about striking because they're afraid of, you know, uh, AI taking over their, their role. You know, are we going to use that in the same kind of methodology for our emails?
1: Okay. So I've already heard stories of, um, so I was talking to Pete the other day. Pete's like, you're in a good position, man, because all the low-level copywriters are getting replaced fast. So there's a difference between uh, ChatGPT, write me an email that's persuasive and gets them to take action. You can see ChatGPT copy that's lazy. In your Instagram feed, I'm already seeing um, just little chunks that are very typical of what I call it like lazy prompts. Um, But the really skilled writers are the ones that I can explain this to you. Uh, I like to use it as Lego blocks, not as a let me get my sales letter, my email sequence in 10 seconds and copy and paste it. (laughs) Like that's, that's not how I'd see it. What I always what I found is that it's like here's a process. Must I see. It's like I have my prompts, I have my data, I have my like proven concepts, and I can get into this in a second. And then it'll spit out something, and I'm, I have to fine tune it a little bit. But okay. then there might be uh, a chunk in there that I really liked, and I'll take that chunk out, and then I'll ask it again slightly differently, and there might be another chunk. Then I might move to the next prompt, which might be talking about say like a unique mechanism for like a, a sales page or it could be uh, headline suggestions using the national Enquirer tonality and then massaging those so i think that people are going to do the, the like i don't know why these riders are striking like they can use it to make the jobs go faster if they learn how to use it instead of complaining because exactly. it's not going to go away
0: Exactly. And, and you know, I don't want to I don't want to get on a soapbox, but I agree with you on that one. I think that it's, you know, we have to we have to innovate. We have to innovate our 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 offer. We have to innovate the way we market. We have to innovate the way we serve our clients. So innovation is is what keeps businesses going. So I mm-hmm. agree. I agree a lot with you on that. Mm-hmm. So funny thing that I've seen and you brought this up um, like I got a response from chat GPT that used some sort of tag or creative, um, you know, adjective in front of it. And then all of a sudden I looked on someone else's and they had the same thing. And I'm like, dang it. He took my line. Right. You know, it's yeah. like, you have to be careful because they, uh, they, he, it, you know, finds things and likes it and tests it out on a whole bunch of different people. So we do have to be very careful with what goes mm-hmm. out and make it originally ours. So I love the way that you took something and then you took that piece out, you made it a little bit better. You asked yeah. it to form it and, you know, make an offer around this or, or, you know, come in and talk about it in the National Enquirer style. So you, you did it in different ways to make it your own.
1: That's right. So, So what what was that example, Marcia, that when you saw that you wrote a line and it was like,
0: I don't know what it some sort of adjective that was um, describing, you know, what, what, what my new offer was going to be. And it was this like, I was like, oh, that's really cool. It was like the the dragon hearted something or other. I can't remember what it was, but, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, I look up and somebody else had posted with that same kind of line. And I was like, oh, that's what ChatGPT was thinking for the day. So he probably gave that out to like 100 different people or more.
1: (laughs) Well, this is where I can, we can get into the idea of concepts. So the more skilled you are as a marketer, you, like you've got more general knowledge and you can tap into concepts. So if you can use mm-hmm. concepts when you type it prompts, instead of being like, give me 10 persuasive headlines that drive the click. I'd be like, give me, uh, uh, give me 10 persuasive headlines around this idea, how to swell your coaching program in the next uh, 60 days with five clients who don't give objections and use use a style of national inquiry to, to spark interest that are oozing with curiosity. That's totally different than the first person. Of Um, course. And because you've given it an idea plus a concept, it can latch onto those two things to give you something unique. Whereas if, whereas if you just say, give me a persuasive thing, it might give you that same token headline.
0: Yep, exactly. So yeah, it opened my eyes to oh, I've got to really fine tune what I'm searching on and and getting it. But you know, I I use. I use chat or I've been using chat GPT through um, a small group that I'm in, and I've been getting ideas and prompts and let's let's make it this label. And what would be the results and benefits for? So it's helping me build things out, um, but I haven't really used it to to build an email yet. So I think that was the missing. That was the scary thing is like, oh, well, is it going to sound like the other guy's email?
1: Yeah. Okay. So, so what you're saying, like, you want to start writing emails with it, but you're not sure it's going to sound like everyone else.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a big concern, you know, that it would sound like everybody else because, you know, it, he is, he is, it is repeating things, right? You know, it gets a line. It's like, oh, someone like that. So I'll give that to Marcia. Oh, someone like that. Oh, I'm going to give that to Jules. Oh, someone like mm-hmm. that too. So, hey, I'm going to go give that to Susie, you know, I mean,
1: yeah. I, what I do did- thinking. So what I did was I actually was experimenting this with a list management client. Nothing beats sitting down with the client and having an interview and then getting a whole bunch of different store ideas. But better still, when you have that relationship and I have Voxer and I'm like, can you tell me what's happened this week? Like just anything. And when you got that fresh story, it's just quicker to write it than it is to like tell Jack WT. But sometimes they're not always available or they've had a slow week. And I've just got ideas in the bank. And what you can do is you can train ChatGPT to think uh, how to t- train to talk like Marcia. And it remembers the concept of Marcia. And if you're feeding it specific, say like daily broadcast emails, where it's like story-based, like this is a daily email that Marcia would write to a list to give value. And then you would feed it. This is example one. This is. Could you analyze this for me? And it'll tell you the concept, the voice, everything. And you keep feeding it data because one is not enough. And you can get to a point being like.
0: Now it starts sounding like
1: me. Now it's starting to sound like you. It's not 100%. Definitely not 100%. But if you're stuck for ideas on those days where you don't have an interesting life and you've just been in your office, you know, glued to the table, the computer or something like far out, I need to think of something. um, That can help.
0: Love it. So, um, are you a fan of daily emails?
1: Uh, I am. And I can explain why if, if that yeah. helps the audience. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, when I first started this, uh, I, I, okay, funny story. Okay. My second list management client, I had no idea what I was doing, but I closed them and then I took their money to then purchase a list management certification which was great because it combined automation, deliverability, and copywriting. I already had the copywriting part, but I needed the ninja tricks to understand list management. And it worked. Like, I went through it, applied to the client straight away, and um, it was great. And in the the first few trainings, um, it was like selling clients on daily emails. I'm like, great. This would be perfect. And he broke it down with maths. So he's like, let's just say you have a person who sends an email three times a week. Uh, I'm going to use maths. I uh, really hope I don't butcher this because maths isn't my best thing. Okay. Let's say they have a um, thousand people on their list. This is for simplicity. They have 20% open rate, which is uh 200 people and they send three emails a week. They're sending, that means 3000 people got it, but 600 people saw the message. Right. But if we send an email, Let's just use uh, six days a week, and I got to bring my calculator up before I can. So that would be this.
0: that would be six. That would be twelve thousand people would see it, right? Because you double double the the number, right? From six thousand yep. to twelve thousand.
1: So twelve thousand
0: people, and then you yep. use. Oh, I get it. So your conversions.
1: Yep. So we're at twelve thousand. I say we got
0: twelve thousand opens.
1: Yep, twelve thousand opens.
0: Over the week, Egg. yeah,
1: twenty percent. Twenty percent saw it. Yep, that's twenty four hundred impressions of people eyeballs who have seen your emails versus uh six hundred.
0: Right. No, it just means so. So, listeners, it's the law of numbers, right? You know, um, you have the number of things you send out. You have the number of people that it gets delivered to. Right. Because Mm -hmm. it goes into spam. Then -hmm. you have the number of people that open it and then you have the number of people that act on it. Right. So that number continuously shrinks. And so it's the law of numbers that if you have more people at the top of the funnel, larger numbers, then the number at the bottom is going to also be bigger. So I think that's it. And then, you know, when you're coming up to at bat with your sales closings, right, you have if you have more people that you're talking to and making offers to that percentage will will increase. So Mm -hmm. I love the concept. But with the flip side of that, you know, you've got the person going, oh, my God, my email inbox has, you know, 32000 emails in it and I can't stand to get them and if I get them every day I'm not reading them and all that kind of stuff so what do you say to that
1: are you talking from the prospects perspective sure
0: and then because it gets into our head too because we're prospects of somebody else
1: yeah okay so we don't want so this is we're trying to handle we don't want to be too in their face or what's the concern I'm trying to handle here
0: yeah, so it's it's just um, you know, there's there's you don't want to be too in their face, right? They they mm-hmm. you're afraid that you're going to be too pushy because you're sending a daily email versus my goodness, I've got a client that it took me forever to get her to send one once a week versus once a month. I'm like, they don't know who you are at once a month.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay, well this one's tough. It's like if you send an email once a week and someone doesn't see it, then if that if you send it the week after, That's two weeks that they haven't really heard from you. That's a lifetime in the world of marketing, really. Um, And what are the chances that they're going to read the email every single day? Probably not a lot. Um,
0: But one out of six, then you're at least getting them every, you know, if you're sending six emails and they open one of them, at least you're talking to them once a week.
1: (laughs) Right. And and this is what I set up in every single new list is that we need to fix up the expectation before they come in. First, Mm -hmm. They have to double opt in. And I can't just have people who, who hand me the email and get on the list because that's, how, that's the fastest way to spam complaints and terrible deliverability because you might be getting a dud email. People might be like, what is this? So we have to get consent. That, yeah, we have to give them consent. Like you're going to get emailed frequently with promotional material. Check this box if you're okay with that. Bam. First email, just so you know, like I'm going to give you really cool stuff that's worked for clients again and again. But I like to email frequently, and if you know, if you just want to get this thing, that's fine. But if you don't want to get email frequently, you can you can either unsubscribe or you can receive an email once a week, and you have an option there. So already it. from from the start, lay the foundation, set the expectations. The first email is always the most opened email. So generally speaking, that's my workaround when it comes to some of the concerns people might be having, which is valid. I don't want to be annoying. I don't want to spam me. I don't want to get put into the promotions tab. I don't want to lose current subscribers. Um, Right. Yeah.
0: There's a dozen reasons that fear comes in with email lists, but... Wow Jules you know we could talk on this subject I know for the next 3 hours and yeah, still much. not even you know skim the top of it here um so we're 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 running out of time here but I wanted to give listeners an opportunity to get on your list so that they can get their daily emails and value from you where can mm-hmm. listeners find out more about you and your list building
1: okay so if you're interested to learn more I've got 3 concepts to pretty much go from lead to a booked call using chat gpt and it's inside my free course it's called uh, the four hour gpt cash campaign basically what used to take me a week to write we can condense that down to four hours and i've got it inside uh, a few days like an email drip that you can follow along and do it yourself or you can binge it all on my youtube channel but you can get it right now on jewelsdan.com forward slash GPT gift. And mm. uh basically it's on that page. You're gonna see I practice what I preach. I've got first name, primary email. Yes, I understand I'll receive daily promotional emails <laughs> and be indoctrinated into Jules's world. Wait, what? And then uh that's the checkbox. So um you've been warned and um yeah, it's been And really you know good what, though, if it.
0: you're if you're interested in in learning how to master emails, right, and grow your list, which is the, one of the most valuable things that you can have in your business and turn that list into paying clients then why wouldn't you want to learn how to do it from somebody who's been successful, right? And has all the tools along the way. I think it's, 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 it's brainless. It's mindless. You should all be doing it. So Jules, thanks. That sounds like a really good plan and I'm jumping on it. So I'll get, be getting your daily emails as well. Oh,
1: I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. You're going to like it. You're going to like it too, because uh, it's actually me. I might be changing this up soon, but it's me documenting when I started, the journey of me doing the nomad thing and you can see what's going on. And you can see there's a lot of, there's a lot of turmoil and ups and downs going on, but um, yeah.
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm super excited to jump on. So that'll be great. All right, listeners. I hope you found an idea or two that you can put into your business that will help you be more profitable. Like I said, I think this, this list building idea and using chat GPT is perfect combination to make your life easier, to make your business more profitable, and to gain new clients from building a really um, impactful list. So there you go. All right. How would you like to boost your net profitability by 45% in just 30 days? Don't think it's possible? Well, it is. Check out my new training called the 30-Day Profit Booster with this quick and easy profit boosting strategy can be done without spending more money on marketing, hiring additional staff or working longer hours. Go get more information at 30dayprofitbooster.com. And Jules and I would love to hear your questions and comments on ChatGPT, the prompts, you know, how to do email lists. Just hit us up in the chat. Tell us what you think. Um, tell us what your favorite takeaway was from today's call, and we will respond to you. And while you're at it, please subscribe. You don't want to miss future shows. And you can always catch Profit with Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. And we're looking forward to more great, profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks so much, Jules.
1: Thank you so much. See you.